listening to Carmen and Yurko. Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio. On WMVP, WSAT HD2, Chicago. This is ESPN 1000, a good karma brand's radio station. attention to week 10 in the NFL as Justin Fields continues to get better and better with each passing week. So that's a great sign. Still a ways to go, especially as a pocket passer. But boy, we see good things more and more since about week six. Improvement, Carl. Yes, improvement. And that's what's happened. That's what's happened. I mean, everybody's gone crazy. They've gone absolutely insane. Yeah, the, the pendulum has swung from Oh my God, he's no good. He's no good. He's no good. That he's the number one quarterback and weapon in the world. So he's better than Justin Herbert. I'm tempering my enthusiasm. All I want is for a fourth game to be as good as I've seen in the last three. It's all. It's what I continue to ask for more growth, more growth, more growth. And I'll be patient. And I'm not going to expect things just to be absolutely rosy the rest of the way because there's going to be bumps along the way, there's going to be some failures along the way. He's going to be tested along the way. This is the way this is going to work. So I uh, people have gone absolutely nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth and right now. I, like, I don't you know. participate in the stupidity and the silliness of all of a sudden grand expectations that he's the most dangerous guy in the NFL. I think that's a little silly. We went from like a very deep low to a very high high in a matter of just a few weeks. And I think you do have to temper it a little bit. Yeah, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. But I I think it's fine to be encouraged by what you've seen, what we've all seen. Yeah, We've we've asked for improvement. The improvement's there. And not only that, with the improvement of the quarterback, it's been an improvement of Cole Kmet. Yes. Think about like, um, I mean, the, the general feeling on Sunday was this is fun. I mean, yeah, the Bears lost, but at least... They can get in a shootout with the team. I was entertained. Yeah. I mean, there, there's there been so many times in our lives as Bears fans where we've watched and you just knew if a team got out 28-7 to 7 or 28-14. to 14. That's been the case each of the last couple of weeks, right? 28-10. There, there, was, there was no chance that that game would be competitive. Yeah. None. You weren't going to make in it back. In years past, if you went down no double chance. digits. You went down double digits, no chance in hell this team was going to come back. And now it kind of feels like, yeah, listen, the offense is still kind of capable and they're doing good things and they can move the ball and they can score some points. And so you you stay interested. You stay invested. Game was exciting. Uh, we could see some more of that on Sunday. And neither defense has played particularly well. When you think about the matchup this weekend at Soldier Field, both offenses are capable. Although Detroit's has taken a big you know, they've done a big 180 from where they were early in the season. They have not scored points uh, in abundance here in recent weeks. They got shut out a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they went a stretch of 12 quarters, Yurko, where they, in 10 of those 12, they failed to score a touchdown. You know, that's yeah, not that's, a very, you know, yeah. so as good as that offense looked uh, in the first month of the season, Detroit's regressed right. a little and they traded yeah. one of their best weapons away. They've had some injuries they've had to deal with too, but we could see another one of those back and forth exciting offensive games on Sunday. And uh, it beats the alternative when you almost felt like your team could never get to 17. You know, it was like, well, as long as they can hold the other team to below 17, right. they've got, it's like, what? In this day and age? And so... I don't know. It's kind of nice. It's been a little bit rewarding. I do agree with you, though. It's time, I think, a little bit for all of us to take a deep breath and say, let's still see. There's still a ways to go. Um, I'll, I'll read you what the Ringer wrote in their latest power rankings about the Bears 
And, you know, we debated a little bit yesterday, how would we power rank things based on some of the advanced metrics and some of the differentials? Like, I, I think I still would lean towards Buffalo maybe being number one, but they do have two losses. And you said, like it or not, the Eagles are an undefeated team. So in your mind, you said you got to kind of put the Philadelphia Eagles one. And if you want to put Buffalo two, put Buffalo two. That's exactly what the ringer has done. Philly's one, Buffalo's two, Casey's three. We totally agreed with that. Baltimore's four. I agree with that. Minnesota's five. I disagree there. I would have Dallas ahead of the Minnesota Vikings, but they have Dallas six. Miami yeah. is seven. Uh, San Francisco is eight. Probably not a bad spot. Maybe even one or two higher. I don't think I'd argue. Seattle is nine. Nobody could have anticipated halfway home that Seattle would be in the top nine in the power rankings, Yerk. But they, they're no. a six and three team, and Geno's playing pretty well. They got their over in, right? Uh, they're, they're over I think in they're victories. Six and a half. Was, okay. either, you've so either they're pushed or you're there. close. Right. They're going to do it. Yeah. I got you. And then Cincinnati's 10. The Bears check in 26th on the latest power rankings. And this is what they write. Well, we've never been so happy to have our team ranked 26th in the power rankings. Okay? Never. The good news for the Bears is that Justin Fields continues to look better every week. And the offense is finally catering to his strengths with an increased number of design runs. His buck 78 on the ground was the single most by a quarterback in a regular season game in the Super Bowl era. More good news. Oh, boy, that's going to be difficult. A little ratchet. wonder what that is. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's the raccoons up there. Oh, it's the raccoons in the yeah, wall. Yeah, they're, they're in the it. ceiling. That makes yeah. sense. We got a family of raccoons up yeah. there. Could be possums. Every once and in a while. Occasionally they move around. Yeah. They you knock a little that. piece of the ceiling off. Could be possums. Did you see the guy in Texas at the Houston Texans game reach behind the seats and grab the possum with his no. bare hand? <laughs> I don't think only in Texas. I got to give that guy, he must be a cowboy or something. Like, I don't think I could grab a possum. Well, the one thing I wouldn't grab is a porcupine. I uh, definitely wouldn't do that. Or a skunk. He that grabbed the two oh, things that you don't want to grab. He grabbed it by the tail. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. get him out of the stadium now. I'll take care of this. But possum was probably playing possum. <laughs> you know? That's <laughs> what he was doing. Anyway, I You grab him, they play dead. Uh, maybe you're right. My yeah. dog started to want Mall one one time. He just laid there. Played the dead. dog came back inside. That possum stayed there. That possum was gone. So they actually do that. Yeah, that's, they play that's, dead. That, that's where that term defense definitively comes from. Defense mechanism. Play dead. Yeah. Play possum. Play possum. Uh, okay, I'll pick up where I left off. More yeah, good news. Do it. Uh, is that losing in week nine only benefits where the rebuilding Bears will pick in next year's draft. And they still are projected to have $45 million more cap space than any other team. No one should bet Chicago at plus fifteen fifty to make the playoffs this season. But signs continue to point to a significant turnaround next season. Ooh, makes me warm and tingly a little bit. Like, we've never been so excited to have a 26th-ranked team. But I think we're starting to see there's some stuff for this offense to build on. A lot of work still needs to be done. And these last eight games, I think, are important. Can Justin continue to develop, and how do they integrate Chase Claypool and everything? That's another part that I'm excited about. He had about 20, 26, 26 snaps, snaps I think it was, yeah. was the official count from 20, Pro Football 26 reference. snaps, yeah, 26, the exact count, exactly. Which uh, was okay. Kind of, you know, He kind of figured it would be maybe somewhere in that area. He was targeted a couple times, had a run. Uh, drew a pass interference play. Probably should have drawn another a yeah. pass interference penalty. Excuse me. That I probably should have drawn another one. Yep. At the end of the game. So I can't wait to see how they integrate him more and more. And, and we'll see if the defense can respond. Uh, you know, anything out of the defense would be nice. Any sort of response. And I'm talking maybe out of the defensive coordinator too. This defensive line needs a little bit of help, brother. Help them. Okay. What do you do? They can't help themselves. You got to bring somebody. You, are you bringing pressure the, more? A surprise. You got to bring a blitzer. Four blitzes, Carm, right? 30 dropbacks? I believe that's what it was. Not enough. <clears throat> that, uh, excuse me. 
Mm. Not enough. The Bears have not been a heavy blitz team at all this season. If you're gonna if you're gonna drop that many, then Carm, then the coverage has got to be tighter, you be better. So one of the two. If you're not gonna bring a blitzer, well, you know what? We've got to adjust what we're doing in the defensive backfield Amen. and try to make things a little bit tougher on the quarterback to read, because the combination of only sending four and then pay, playing everybody soft and playing everybody off with so much cushion is not a good combination. It that didn't work last week. So don't don't bring more than four. But get them up there and get them tight. It didn't work against Dallas. Think yeah. about how many times guys would just sit in those zones, and it was yeah. kind of like easy pickings for Dak, or it was easy pickings for Tua. Um, I went back and watched uh, the game, rewatched the game yesterday. You nailed this yesterday. Tua makes a throw on fourth down, and it's not even as close maybe as it was at the very end. I mean, he really he played well. Don't get me wrong, Tua really did play well. But boy, that miss. Uh, for whatever reason, in the moment, I didn't realize how wide open he was. He was wide open. Yeah, and Tua just missed. Oh, Jalen Waddle, and, and and he knew it right. That's away. what you're talking about, right? Yeah, Waddle the play. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, was was it, it the underthrow? Was it the one in the flat? The one in the flat. Yeah, the one in the flat. He was wide open on that fourth and one play. And that's where Mike McDaniel's like, and he maybe takes some grief. Why wouldn't you make it six? I, I look, it was a fourth bot machine. I, I would have. Um, fourth I down bot said right. it was a toss up anyway. I would have gone for it. I would have. I would have kicked field goal. Make it six. Do you well, know? only because the, the a the return game doesn't exist anymore in the NFL. True. So what are you really doing? The ball's going to get get at the twenty five instead of what the eighteen? Where they where they get possession? Uh, on, that, on that ball play? was at the fourteen yard line. Okay, so at yeah. fourteen. Yep. Eleven yard difference. Yeah. And you need a touchdown. Field goal doesn't matter. Right. So I would at that point the field goal there. It was um, the metric said it was a toss up. He went for it. I didn't mind it. You know, and I and I believe Harlan and Trent Green even maybe touched on this for a minute on the broadcast. You want to talk about unfamiliar territory for Bears fans? Could it have been that Mike McDaniel and that coaching staff was standing over there going, we don't want to kick here because we can't stop Justin Fields right now. Like, oh, my God, how great is that? That another coach is like, hey, let, we need to pick up this fourth down and keep this drive going and maybe get another touchdown because we can't stop the Bears offense. But what did they do? Twice. Well, they, they stopped the they Bears, stopped Bears offense, offense. <laughs> twice. <laughs> they did. So, I mean, but you nailed it yesterday. You said if Tua makes that throw, yeah. that drive continues, yeah. and they're milking the clock even more, and maybe even punch it in. And he had him wide open, York, well, and he just flubbed it. And he mine was it right the, away. the Jalen Waddle one was terrible too. Yeah, they complete that ball. That ball, yeah, it's seven more points. It's over. Yeah, yeah. Bears don't cover. A lot of sad fans in the city right. of Chicago. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what I'm looking at as what, what was the issue. That waddle throw. Put that one so in there. there put two it on time. Yeah. As well as Tua played. Right. Like when you're trying to ice the game, they still gave the ball back to the Bears twice, yeah. which probably wasn't what McDaniel had envisioned when his team had 35 points with eight minutes to go right. in the game. You know, and they wouldn't score. The next game. level of improvement is yeah. when you have to throw the ball and Justin Fields has to throw it, he can do something with it. Right. Like, two is still learning that, too. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing for any young quarterback. Jalen Hurts is learning it, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, And the more right. experience like, you have in, in crunch time, the better off you're going to be. Did you see the? It surfaced really late, I feel like, yesterday. I had not seen this on Sunday. I saw it late in the day yesterday. The, the, it was all over Twitter. Mike McDaniel, after one of Justin's scrambles, uh, where he went uh, out of bounds on the Dolphins bench, on the Dolphins sideline, Mike McDaniel is seen shouting something at him, and he's shouting, stop it. And it's yeah. pretty funny. He's telling him, stop it. McDaniel addressed it yesterday when he met the media. I just wanted him to stop scrambling. And it was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching. It's kind of funny. He didn't take the coaching. And I love that video. McDaniel's barking at him, stop it. You're, you're making us look silly out here. 
Um, so we're going to talk a lot of Bears today. If you want to join us, how you're feeling about this offense, this team, what you want to see over the last eight games uh, now that we're you know on the other side of the halfway point here in the 2022 season. And the Bears are showing, I, I think, pretty significant offensive improvement from where they were early on. I mean, think about that Houston Texans game, folks. Think about the Thursday night game against Washington. Puke. Puke when your team can't get to 14 points. or You know, you're just puke. Terrible. And now at least there's some excitement. I know they're losing, but there's some excitement. You know, we're in a position here this weekend where I think the Bears win this game. They're a favorite. And we're trying to walk that fine line. Yeah, win, yeah. you know, you want to see your team win, but the better draft pick wouldn't be the worst thing for next year as yeah. long as You're the offense continues. I'm not crying. You're not crying. I think they're going to get their fourth win this weekend, though. I, I really do. Well, and just at, already at, diving at, at into home. some of the matchups and the metrics, the Bears have some advantages here. You know? At home and a favorite. I'll yeah. tell you, the one game I didn't think they were going to win was the Packers here. Right? Now you're starting but, to think. But now that they've lost, was it Gary? Uh, Rashawn Gary's done yeah, for the year. Gary's yeah, Gary's done for the year, and they've lost. Dobbs, Dobbs. got hurt. And... So you're starting, to run out of, you're starting to run out of players. I know. You know, at some point. Bakhtiari can't stay healthy. Yeah, when you go to the ninth wide receiver, the eighth wide receiver on your team, I promise you he's not as good as your second wide receiver. I know, you're Now, you're still expected to perform here in the NFL, but you're just not as good. That's you're, the way it works. They're, they're mounting. Bakhtiari can't play. I mean, he played, He didn't play 60% of the snaps last weekend. Yeah. You know, he was out two weeks ago, didn't play 60% of the snaps. They did have him in the goal line snap. <laughs> well, although he was so wide open. That really was game, amazing. Right. That's he was so game. wide open. Right. That's the game, though. I didn't think it was winnable at the beginning of the oh, year. Oh, and he looks winnable now. Suddenly becomes winnable. Yeah, you got absolutely. two Detroit. You got that. Now you're sitting there at six. Black and Abdallah still need four more. So we got to try to get him to those four for more. Him. They I'm should win two him. against Detroit, and they should win this weekend. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. if you want to ring us up. There's some uh, developments on the Arlington Heights project. I want to talk about that. Also, some new renderings we can discuss. There will be new college football playoff rankings later tonight. We want to discuss that. The baseball GM meetings are already happening. How about that? The World Series ended uh, just a few days ago. They're out in Vegas at the GM meetings. Jesse Rogers is there. We're going to check in with Jesse. We'll cross-talk with Waddle and Sylvie later. Busy show, busy day. Join us uh, on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Bring Carmen and Yurko with you at home or in your office. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. One other note I saw real quick on the Bears that's a positive, that's pretty encouraging. Take a guess, Yurko. And I know you're going to, you don't love PFF, but take a guess which guard in the NFL has the third highest grade over the last month. So he's had to play. He's had to play, yes. He's absolutely played. So it's not Cody White here. It's not Cody White. You're not saying that. Nope. Which guard has had the best grade? In the entire NFL. In the entire NFL over the last month. I give up. Uh, It is Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins has the third best grade according to PFF. And just so you know that maybe it is pretty accurate they know what they're doing. I don't think anybody would be surprised to find out that Joel Batonio has the number one grade. He's probably the best guard in the league. He's certainly one of them. I mean, if you started asking around, if people can even name guards, they'd name a few. They'd name Martin. They'd name Batonio. You'd name Quentin Quentin Nelson. Nelson. Yeah. So Batonio's number one. Uh, The kid in, the young kid in um, New England, I'm blanking on his name now, forgive me. Uh, who played some tackle, I think, for them last year, but has bumped inside and has played well for them this year. He's number two, and Tevin Jenkins is number three in the NFL. He didn't want to go guards. inside. Didn't want to go inside. 
He's got a little bit of an attitude issue, right? Tevin, yeah. I mean, well, he does. I mean, he does. I mean, he did whatever he did. I right. mean, but if the coaches tell you to do something, you say, no, I don't want to do it. Well, then that becomes a problem. But Have they rectified it? Maybe he's bought in. Maybe he's bought in. Maybe he can play the guard position and be pretty damn good at it. Remember what I told you? So I ta- I draft tackles. Tackles. You did. You've had, and then you've if they said can't that. play tackle, I move them inside. Right. I'd never draft just a guard. I'd always draft tackles and then move them inside. Is it kind of like the theory in baseball with drafting shortstops? Like, hey, I'll move them. Yeah. If he's athletic enough to be drafted as a shortstop, like I'll move him. Is it the yeah. same kind of thing? Like you maybe, have always said that. Maybe, like, but that's what I said. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, I love a guard. I love Quentin Nelson. He played guard at Notre Dame. Yes, he did. But I think he played a little tackle also. Yeah, but, he may have. But he ultimately, right he found a home there, and I mean, they had the kid from San Francisco out there, McGlinchey. McGlinchey was yep. also a tackle right next to him. So yes. you know, it's a pretty good offensive line yeah, at that absolutely. point. So yeah, no, but I just I, I, I've seen it. Too many times where they drafted the tackle, they played him in. Big Jonathan Ogden played guard his first year Hmm. because they were loaded uh, at the tackle position. Yeah. And then when they traded a guy away, then they kicked him back out to the tackle position. I'm just saying, if they can play a tackle, they could definitely play a guard. Hmm. If you can play a guard, it doesn't mean you can necessarily go out to tackle ever. So I'd see that. Yeah. Body type's not too different. Well, but it doesn't matter. Give me a 6'5 guy with the way they allow offensive linemen to hold. Yeah. And to do what they do, and the way they just occupy people now, you know, no, nobody's really unless you're on a double and you're trying to blow the three technique off or the one technique to the linebacker. All you're doing is getting into a guy and occupying him, letting him make a mistake, and then take advantage of. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to ring us up, talk Bears, uh, anything you want to talk about today. We're getting. I've got some Bulls thoughts from last night too. I watched a lot of the Bulls Raptors game. Mike's on the northwest side. What's up, Mike? Hey guys, two, two comments. Might not be the perfect timing, especially after what you just mentioned about the the, the Bears. Um, but I found it hysterical on Sunday's game. The announcers kept saying how great the offensive line was doing because he had only been sacked, well, not even once at the time, but then once. But did they not see that the reason he wasn't being sacked is because he was running for his life? And it, they weren't planned run plays. Not necessarily true. No? No. No, there were planned run plays in there. There were a number of planned run plays in there. Oh, no, I know that. The big, I know that. The, the big, listen, the big 61-yard touchdown that he ran, that was a drop-back pass. Yes, it was. He couldn't find anybody he open. He had Mooney, and Mooney right. took he, it back upfield for some reason. Right, he maneuvered. That big 61-yard run was definitely a pass. Yes. I don't know if he was running for his life. I think he went through what he could go through and said, okay, this thing's going to collapse on me here pretty soon. Let me see if I can get some positive yardage out of it. He didn't just get positive yardage. But he ended up going out there. I thought the pressure on, on on Justin Fields came late. Fourth quarter pressure was the pressure that I think really got to the uh, the Bears Especially in that in those situation. Last two drives. Right. Fourth quarter and you pressure. Know what? Yeah. The on, other Mike. thing is, and I and I don't have the answer, but until, in my opinion, until they can get officials who actually know what pass interference yeah, is. Yeah. They've got to change the rules somehow. I mean, I know you can't have a guy just tackling a guy if he's going to make a you know a, a critical catch, but then make it thirty yards or something. Because too many games are being decided by officials who are either calling it when they shouldn't be or not calling it. And I'm not just talking about what happened in the Bear game. You can watch any game in the NFL. It happens all the time. 
and it's usually on these 40, 50-yard passes. It happened in the, the Buffalo coming- game at the end. You're right. It happened in the Buffalo Jet game. Uh, Mike, you're, you're right. Look, they tried briefly for that one year to let you challenge it. They didn't like that the way that was going. Well, they never overturned it. So they 86 it. that. They never exactly. So they, the, 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 the owners went and made the change, and the referees got together and just said, nope, we're not going to overturn it. You know, it. they sort of did it impulsively uh, following the debacle in the uh, New Orleans Saints game. game. The New, New Orleans-Minnesota Orleans game. game, Exactly. Right? They, you know, um... Was that what it was? Was it or was it Minnesota? Was it the Rams in the Saints? What was it? Well, which one? It could have been Rams Saints. It was Saints. It was in yeah, New it was Orleans. The Saints got screwed. Sean Payton was the coach. One hundred percent. The guy got ambushed on the sidelines. It was, it was unbelievable. It was terrible. And the, the league, uh, you know, maybe overreacted a little. I don't. I don't know. But then they, but then they quickly a year later scrapped it, and they never overturned anything. And so, but it, it's. These these judgment calls, these subjective things, I get huh. it, they're tough. But uh, I've got to go back and look at it. Maybe you can. Does the, does the official even signal incomplete pass? I don't think he did anything. I just I think he sat there and he was he frozen. He stood there. He was frozen. Hmm. He didn't know what to do. He didn't even, the ball drops to the ground. He doesn't even say incomplete pass. Is he hoping somebody else is going to throw the flag? He froze. I mean. The guy froze. It was his time. Okay? Not her Brooks time. It was his time. Okay? <laughs> Not Cody's And when it came time to his time to adjudicate the matter in what he is trained to do, he just sat there. Uh, no good. It's no good. You failed. In that key time, you failed. 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 What we do is now send you back to the Big Ten. <laughs> right? You can't be an NFL official. You shouldn't be allowed to be a Big Ten official. Go back to the Big right. Ten. Well, yeah, it'll take it to the OVC. They, I don't care I don't where know. you send them. I don't know. The old yes. Gateway Conference, the old Gateway, do imaginary games in the Unidome. Yeah, I, it, it was it was bad. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, everybody bad. knows that was pass interference. It was bad. Game's gone. Can't can't you can't do anything about can't it. Can't moan now. about it now. It's it's gone. We're, I'm upset about it. Hey, here's one thing I promise you: you watch the games this weekend in both college and professional. You you're going to have horrible officiating again. Yeah, it'll be there. You're going to see it's... And I know buddies who are officials in both football and what you call it. It's not an easy job. Not an easy gig. But you're out there. Perform. Yeah. Okay? That's it. Do your job. You're supposed to be the best of the best. You're supposed to be. And when it's pretty obvious and when it's pretty blatant, you want to let some hand fighting go uh, at the end of a game. I mean, like, I get it. And it is a hard job in the moment. And I think you're right. The official did sort of freeze up. It was almost like, oh, I think that's a foul. Maybe I'll let it go, and I don't know. And now it's too late. Now I didn't throw the flag, so I can't. That's what it felt like watching that play develop. It was like, I think maybe, and I don't know. But, the, you know, hey, listen, at the end of the day, maybe the Bears get a little extra. They get a little bit of a higher draft pick out of it. I guess I guess that's the positive. Uh, how do you think the new college football playoff is going to look tonight, York, with uh, three of the top six losing I mean, it was a pretty big shake at the stick this last weekend. I think it's going to go Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, and then Tennessee 5. Would you agree with that? Say it again. Georgia, mm-hmm. Ohio State, I concur. Michigan okay. is going to be in, I think. Two big teams. TC- yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, how do you keep them out? Yeah. Well, and Ohio State's well, the fifth. Moan. Just moan for TCU. now. It'll TCU. Take care of itself. And, then, and then Tennessee 5th. Okay. What do you think? Tennessee lost, right? Tennessee lost. They got whooped pretty are, good are by there, Georgia. Are there only three unbeaten teams left? Is that it? There's or Georgia. Four. There's four, right? There's four. There's four. Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, and, and TCU. And TCU. Those so are the four. They, yeah, they'll be your they're top gonna four. They're going to be your then. top four. They're your undefeated ones. They're, that's it. That's your top four. That's fine. But then it'll take care of itself. 
and Tennessee. Well, because Ohio State and Michigan play each other. Yeah, so you're right. That'll I take mean, care of itself. And then you'll have the debate of a one loss TCU or a one loss Tennessee team that didn't get in their own championship game or the the uh, one loss Michigan or Ohio State team that didn't get in their championship game. Didn't we just see Michigan Ohio State last year? Uh, yes. Didn't they both make it in last year? Uh, yeah, I believe you are correct. Right. Michigan one, had the one, one loss. One no, Ohio State didn't make it no. last year because okay. they Ohio lost uh, the final oh, game. No, right. And Ohio State, I think, went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Michigan got to the playoffs. You're right. Thank you. Because Ohio State had two losses last year, yeah. right, guys? They lost the or- – who did they lose to? Um, Oregon? Who did they lost uh, – did they lose to Oregon? They weren't yeah, there. Early. The question it was is, like, early, it was like the first yeah. or second weekend of yes, September. They yeah. lost early. Home game. The answer home is game. they didn't yeah. make it. Chris um, is right. And then they Kayvon lost to Thibodeau Michigan. was fantastic correct. in that game. You're correct. They lost at Oregon game, and then they lost to Michigan. So they did not make it last And I agree. If you're not playing in your conference championship game and you have a loss, then you can't make it. Who's the favorite now to go Tennessee. play oh, good. To go play Georgia, Adam? Would LSU be on top right now because they beat Bama so right out of that now, division? Yeah, right now. So LSU would have to lose twice. In order for Alabama to make it back into the to the championship game, essentially, LSU would have to lose twice here, uh, right. Arkansas and Texas A&M. And, right. Ole, and Bama has to beat Ole Miss on Saturday. Well, I mean, and Ole Miss is the team. Ole Miss has an opportunity because mm. uh, they face off against Alabama and they're second in the side of the division in the SEC. So, mm. so that's like a dark horse all of a sudden. Yeah. Somehow, if they could pull it off. Uh, Chicago's uh, college tailgate this week. Are you guys out oh, yeah. or you in studio? No, we're, we're in studio. studio. In the studio. studio. 9 a.m. Saturday. Yeah. 9 to 11. 9 to 11 every Saturday with Black and Abdallah. Don't miss it to get your fix and to it, get ready for college football. It's basically going to be a debate of who has the best loss at a certain point. Uh, like, yeah, you're probably right. Who's lost to Georgia was better? Was, was Oregon's lost to Georgia? Yeah, can Did you that ima- look better? Can you imagine if after it's all said and done, Oregon, after that opening weekend loss, with, I mean, just thumped. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where, where uh, uh, Dan Lanning took it on the chin by his mentor, you know? I mean, just got eviscerated in that game. And, like, if, all, if somehow that when it's all said and done, they're right back in the mix in this thing's incredible. They have had a tremendous bounce back. So the latest rankings will be out later tonight. We'll see what that looks like. But, yeah, I think I, most of us probably agree. You've got those four unbeatens. Those are going to be your four. There's still plenty of weeks to go, and a lot's going to happen. But for now, it'll probably be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. 312-332-3776. Ring us up to talk football. Jesse Rogers at 115 with a baseball update from the GM meetings. Already happening. The deals are being put in place, Jericho. There's stuff in the works, and the White Sox have a busy offseason ahead of them. Uh, and Jesse's going to fill us in coming up in about 45 minutes. want to talk some bulls with you coming up as well, but uh, you can ring us up to talk football. It's Carmen and Jericho. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Follow at Carmen DeValco and at Yurko64 on Twitter. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This Friday, Yurko and I are uh, back on the road, out and about for another football Friday. Football Fridays in November? Come on, Yurko. That's when we really start to love it. That's when we love it, yeah. And we're going to be at one of our favorite places, Moretti's in Edison Park, northwest side of the city, noon to 2.30. Come hang with us. We'll be drinking Keeper's Heart Irish-American whiskey. Oh, look, we have some in the studio. We'll have some with us on Friday. We're also going to be out there with Yurko's guys with Alta Equipment. Yeah, come get some of this good stuff, man. Keeper's Heart. Make a couple of cocktails with that on Friday and talk football. So come see us. 
on Friday at Moretti's in Edison Park. Yurko's going to be on the postgame show after Bears and Lions with Peggy on Sunday. Got another big weekend of football to talk about, and the Bears, for only the second time this year, are a favorite. Laying three with a total of 48 and a half. I'm telling you, I'm starting to like the Bears overs, Yurk. Bears, Lions, neither wow. defense playing very well. The offenses are capable. Do you know the Bears and the Lions ranked 31st and 32nd defensively in third down percentage, too? Neither team can get the opposition off the field. I kind of like that when we're talking good. about overs. Good for fantasy good, players, right? too. Good for fantasy players. You sure. better believe Trying it. Trying to pick up Cole Kmet. You believe that? I never thought I I'd never say that in a million years. I in a million years. <laughs> In a million years, I never thought I'd say, hey, You're trying to pick God, up I hope Komet. I get Cole Komet. Hey, I mean, three touchdowns yeah. in his last two games. All right. Uh, Zach Levine had a great game last night. Bulls bounce back and beat the Raptors. I feel like this is going to be the story of the season. Back and forth, with back Levine. and forth. Well, with Zach, with their win-loss record, what are they, Eric? They're 6-6. Six and six. What they're, are they going to finish? They're 500. They're going to finish 10th. Uh, ninth, maybe ninth. ninth, yeah, but they're going to finish there, you know, in that neck of the nape. You know, last night you get a glimpse of like how capable they are and how, you know, they're, they're, they're a pretty good basketball team when everybody's playing. Like last night, it was pretty clear two games in a row how the Toronto Raptors were going to defend DeMar DeRozan. And it was just, uh, were virtually from the moment he got across the timeline, it was if he had the ball, it was here comes the double team. Here's right. a trapper comes the ball out of his hard, hand. aggressive double. We want Zach. Uh, I'm sorry, we want uh, anybody else to to kind of beat us. We don't want him to get to that little garden spot on the floor. We don't right. want him get you know. We don't want him to getting those little easy post ups or taking two dribbles and getting into a guy and then just that little that mid range game. He's so good. Like they were they in their minds, it was we're taking it all away. That's it. So what happened last night? Demar takes. Six shots. Six. And the Bulls, relatively easily, you know, that game never felt too stressful in the second half, come away with a win when arguably their best player or their second best player takes just six shots. What he did brilliantly, because this is just what we've come to know about DeMar, is that, okay, I'll, I'll facilitate as best I can, and I know what to do with the ball, uh, even when I'm being aggressively trapped and doubled. He had seven assists and just two turnovers. Even though he faced an incredible amount of two-man pressure for a lot of the time when he had the ball. So what happened? Zach didn't play two nights ago, but he plays this second of the back-to-back. Zach goes for 20. I thought Patrick Williams was a little bit more aggressive here in these last couple of games looking for his shot, too. I think he has uh, 26 shot attempts in his last couple of games. That's, that's a better number for him. We've seen so many games where it's like, oh, Patrick Williams did play, and he was two for four. And a few more shots played 30 minutes. It shots was like, taken gonna, and yeah, shots made. I'll take it. You know, it's like I thought he was a little bit more noticeable. Wow. So, you know, last night was one of the good ones. And we tomorrow they have an exciting, you know, an interesting game. We didn't touch on it, Karn, because uh, we talked about the Bears a lot yesterday. And Justin yes, Fields. 100%. But Saturday night's contest around Toronto is 197. At one point it was 197. 100 yeah. to 97. Yes. And the Bulls were getting a rebound. They couldn't get a rebound. And it was four straight, felt like four straight offensive rebounds. For Toronto, and finally one of their guys put it back in close to the basket. Yeah, but that's a chance and an opportunity. Then it wasn't close after that. They found a way to get the basketball again after four, and it was deflating. And then it was over, and that was without Zach Levine. So right. I mean, they're there. They're going to compete. They're going to be in games all the time. Uh, yeah. But but do they finish? Will they finish? How do they finish? Tomorrow's exciting because uh, you get to see Zion and uh, what is a, again, sort of just like a middling team in terms of the standings right now in New Orleans. But I think 
a fun, young, and exciting team. Maybe people thought they'd be better than just a 500 team at this point, but that's what they are. So are the Bulls, who are going to probably finish right around that number when it's all said and done. But on most nights, especially when all their guys are playing, you don't have Lonzo right now, but uh, so they're not totally whole. But when their guys are playing, like they're in, in a lot of games, they're going to be extremely competitive like they were last night. And Zach was super efficient, and so was DeMar DeRozan, even though he didn't take a lot of shots. And, you know, that, that's like I feel like that's going to be the story of this season. And maybe things change when Lonzo comes back. Maybe they are more dynamic. He stays healthy. They play a little different pace and a little different style offensively because he's capable of doing some things that really nobody else on their roster is capable of doing. God love Io, but uh, it's not quite what Lonzo can do offensively, um, certainly in getting them to what they want to get into and push the pace. So maybe they look a little different when Lonzo comes back. Until that time, whenever the heck that is, I feel like this is going to be what they are in a lot of games. Eddie's on the north side on ESPN 1000. What's up, Eddie? Hey, boys. Uh, well, the one thing about efficiency, I got two things, and I'll tell you a little story in the, the second one. Uh, every time there's a kickoff and it's a nice kickoff, flag. It's like 90% of the time. It's like, why does the NFL have kickoffs then if they're going to call a flag every single time there's a good kickoff? It's just, I'm so tired of it. It's like, why even kick off then? Why don't you just put them at the 20-yard line? At some point, they I might know. do that. Yeah, it's 25-yard line, too. 25. But yeah. most kickoffs yeah. aren't even returned. I no. think you had, like, two kickoff returns in that whole game. Not many. Out of about eight it, to nine kicks. But it's through the whole NFL. But the thing that gets about the Bulls, way back when uh, me and my wife, I took her, we had an invite from Zena. I used to buy these glasses on the oh, website. Sure. And I called her station up and everything. It was like, it was to the United Center, went to the United Center, and... Kirk marches, market him, uh, Wendell Carter, Zach Levine. And I'm looking at this, I go, man, this could be a pretty good team. And then I'm thinking to myself, you got to let these guys play as starters and get their minutes and they will flourish as Marketum is now at, on Utah. And it's a shame that Paxson drafted these guys and now they're stars on other teams. These were our, our rookies and we traded everything away to become with the falling super teams now that will be done and gone probably in a year or two after LeBron's gone. It, it was just a shame, but it was nice seeing all these guys there getting their autographs. And, and that was the day that Dena announced that they were the sponsor for the Chicago Bulls, the yeah. eyewear company. All right. I, 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 nobody can really be all that sad about Laurie Markin and not being here, can they? I don't care what he's doing in Utah right now. And I don't know how Utah's winning games. I don't know that that's going to last. I don't think they're they're good enough, and they're probably just playing well over their skis right now. But nobody's sad about Lowry Markin and not being here anymore. Come on, right? I'm not sad. No. Like, I don't think back on that one one bit. Wendell, maybe a little. Yeah, you know, but even that. I mean, what what are we talking about? It's, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't lose sleep over losing. Turk Wendell? Wendell Carter, not oh, Turk okay, Wendell. Thank you. I don't lose sleep over. He called yesterday complaining about how they let Lowry Marketing go. Lowry Marketing? Like, nobody, nobody can possibly be upset about the Bulls letting Lowry Marketing go. So right? what, the I Bulls mean, were supposed to sit around for five, six re- years until he figured it out to finally I, and, play? And did he really figure anything out? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> come on. Yeah, I don't lose sleep over guys. None. Like, there's so many None. interchangeable parts and guys like that in the NBA. I want stars, I want a superstar. Like uh, that, that, marketing is not a superstar. He's not even close. Doncic is a superstar. Yeah, yes. There's the difference. Okay, <laughs> two two European players he that can. have come over. One is a superstar. The other one is just a guy. It's okay. He can't possibly. I'll help. 
I'll be her. I'll be the I'll be the guiding voice when it comes to NBA basketball and European stars Please that do. come over. Please I'll be do. I'll be the guy. Our voice, our uh, our, yes. our European scout. Doncic star. Yes. Marketing that so much. Is Doncic still have the streak going uh or did that get snapped? Is he, closer still on. Thank you, York. Did you uh, say he was streaking? He, he had a streak like oh. through the first seven games. They've played nine now, so I've got to double check. Do you realize that he was the first player since Wilt, I think, to go the first seven games of a season scoring over 30 points? He was the first guy since like Wilt did it in the 60s, if you can believe it. Like not, not even Michael that. or Larry or Kareem. Started a season like that. He had a the streak going. I don't know if yeah, that's... Yeah, he had 36 yesterday. So is it still going, he had 35 guys? 35 November Yeah, 4th. he's over 30 yeah. for every game. So he's mm-hmm. been over... Th- I wonder what the record is. Because, like I said, when he got to seven, it was the first time since Will. He's averaging 36 per game right Sick. now. Sick. Oh, those are some Michael Jordan numbers. They are. We haven't seen that. It's like third-year Michael stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our pick's looking good, Chris, for MVP. For uh, boy, I'm well, so we, he, we have to just watch out for uh, Giannis. Giannis, I know because they're Frick the best team in Giannis. the league. So. Oh my God, Giannis! So he joined. This says he joined Will Chamberlain as the only player in NBA history to record nine consecutive thirty-point games. So I think he sets the sets the record Ooh, if he gets to ten. Luca, he's doing Michael. Th- remember third year Michael York. Yeah, uh, thirty-seven a game. Remember, yeah, unbelievable. Do you know, off the top of your head, do you know how many thirty-point games Michael had? When. In his, in, his, in his career? Just oh, in his career. Oh, in his career? Yeah, wow. just, pick, just pick a number. Michael averaged 30. It has to be... Yeah. It's got to be 100. Like, how many games did he play? Uh, yeah, how many games did he play? That's how you'd have to... He yeah, had 562 games. I was going to say, it has to be hundreds yeah. of games. 562 right. games. Michael, I believe, is the only player. Well, maybe Kareem. They're cl- Michael averaged over 30 a game for his career. And he might be one of, like, two guys to ever average 30. Um, that's how rare that is. I mean, well, guys, listen, it's amazing what happens when you put down the hookah for like a month. Well, uh, uh, Luca, yeah, hundred percent. Like when you stop, when you go to the gym and stop blasting hookah, and you actually work like, out. Come on, and like take care of your body and stop drinking sweet tea and smoking hookah on your office. I mean, come on. He had thirty-one like, points against Oklahoma City, where he was zero for six from three-point range, <laughs> but he was fifteen of nineteen from the charity strike. He's incredible. We've always known. We joked about it this year, time last year. We're like, if the guy would just stay in shape. I mean, look at him now. If you commit yourself, and maybe. He's a little older, and he's finally realized it, and he's figured it out. I mean, the guy's dominant. And, yeah, that's who you cry over if you lose a player like that. Not Lowry Markinen. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Here's the list, Yurko, all-time uh, NBA history, the scoring leaders for a career average. Now, you need 400 games or 10,000 points to be eligible. Michael, as we right. said, was number one. Abdallah said he had over 530-point games in his career. He's one of only two players in NBA history to average 30 a game. 30.12 points per game for Michael. I said Kareem. I meant Wilt. Excuse me. Wilt is number two all-time. 30.07. That's how close they were. Elgin Baylor is then it's a little bit of a drop off. So those are the only two to ever average thirty. Elgin Baylor is third all time, twenty seven point three six. Kevin Durant is your active leader and is fourth all time, twenty seven point two three. And then right behind Kevin Durant, fifth all time is another active player, LeBron James, twenty seven point one one. 
And I would imagine both of those players will fall back on the list because what you have to consider is in their prime, they they spike, right? Yes. And then when you get to the later years, look at Kobe on the list. Kobe's at like 24.9 points per game. Right. Uh, AI falls back a little. Like when the, when the player who is great is playing out the end of their career, sure. they're no longer scoring 30 a night, so then the, the average is going to start to dip. Uh, I think you're 100% right about that. And another prime example would be a guy like Kareem Chris, who for his first, let's see, uh, for about his first nine years in the league, Kareem averaged 29.2 points yeah. per game, but he finished and at the at end. 24, exactly. Right. And yeah. like Carl Malone is 11th. Malone is one of the highest scoring players in NBA history. Yes. You know. Yeah, of course. But he played for a long time at the end where he was just like a role player with exactly. those Lakers teams. Right. Yeah. Uh, only 64 players in NBA history have averaged 20 points per game for a career. And again, you got to get to 400 games or 10,000 points. Mark Aguirre is number 64, 20 on the nose for his career. Uh, the great Mark Aguirre. And you know who's right behind him at 65 knocking on the door? Zach Levine, 19.84. Zach's right there. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's trying to He's get to 20. He's knocking on the door. He wants to get to 20. Someone's knocking on the door. Someone's ringing the bell. Do me a favor, open the door, let him in. Let's say hi to our buddy Randy in Seattle on ESPN 1000. Randy, what's up? How you doing, boys? What's up, Randy? It's all good. Um, I wanted to comment briefly. Um, I think we need to slow the roll a little bit on uh, Justin Houdini because while he's done great stuff as, as an escape artist and running, and he's truly exciting, um, we need to see a lot more of him in the pocket and in the passing game. So I'm glad they're scoring points. It's all good, and I'm glad we're getting losses so we can accumulate you know, better standing in uh, next year's draft. But it's the best of both worlds, as you alluded to yesterday, in a sense. Um, I have a question for both of you guys. Maybe uh, Johnny's better suited to yes. answer this one. And it's got to do with at what point in time do we start to question or look closely at or start to blame Alan Williams, the defensive coordinator, for what's going on on that side of the ball? Well, I think it's a little bit difficult to blame him. I, he wants to play conservative. I, 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 hey, we face it. We know what we've got over there. Yeah. We've got a bunch of guys that let, they're journeymen. That's where you're at now. They're, you got rid of your basically your starting the, defense last their year. Their three best players yeah, from your last front year seven are gone. are gone. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. They're not here no more. They're Pro Bowl caliber players, and they're all gone. Right. Even guys in the middle. Some of those guys are gone. I mean, you're talking about your your two uh, ends. And, and Pat, uh, uh, Ian Gold. Not Ian Gold. Uh, Eddie Goldman. Not even Eddie Goldman gone, too, but uh, Akeem, Akeem Hicks. Hicks. I mean, that's it's a lot of guys that you've said goodbye to. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a little bit more difficult for him. I believe. Yes. It's, uh, if you think if you're going to make excuses for Lou Getze and the wide receiving core and the offensive line, well, you gutted your defense. Yeah. Except for your defensive backfield where yes. you added and you kept some people. You're, right? I think you're 100% right. So your you front seven's been basically gutted. Doing what he can. And if he blitzes seven guys, let me tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be seven. It's going to take 10 seconds to get there. If you, if you blitz seven, right, they're going to score seven. It'll be a one-play, 75-yard, 10-second drive. You better really trust your corners if yeah, you're in seven, right? Exactly. You're... I mean, you could bring one extra. And I don't know if they're... Just yeah. to cause the quarterback maybe to get a little jittery. Yeah. Bring one extra. 
But you're not bringing the kitchen sink. That ain't going to happen. I don't know that they trust their guys enough in the not back yet. End. Not yet. Anyway. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. They got to wait. No, I think, uh, and Randy, thanks for checking in as always. I think you nailed it. I mean, they have completely ripped apart. Uh, and I'm not saying that it was wrong. I, I've been pretty consistent, like, from the moment they even traded Mac. Like, I got it. I, I understand why they were doing it. You're freeing up money. He's probably not part of the, the, the next team you have that's really good and competitive because of age. You free up a bunch of money. Poles is trying to reset the roster. Uh, everything he's done since then is is proving, you know, what he kind of thought about it when he did his full deep dive in his examination after he took over this team. So I don't, I, I don't like begrudge him for doing it. I think it was probably smart. But you basically gutted your front seven. You're a hundred percent right. Now, Keem Hicks has barely played this year. He's too old anyway. Golden flat out retired. Remember? Yeah. You said goodbye to Bilal Nichols. That's another guy you said goodbye to. Which was probably the smart choice. That's fine. You let Bilal Nichols walk. You traded away. And then, and then since, you've traded away your three best players off your defense. I'm yes. not sure what people expect. I mean, well, it's not going to be a very good defense. the coordinator? No. Yeah, I, 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 gave, I, I gave Carmen uh, three secret ingredients. I gave him uh, eel. I gave Carmen uh, uh, rice pudding. And I gave him uh, a, a Wonder Bread. And I've asked him to make me lobster thermidor. Well, how the hell is he going to make me lobster thermidor when my key three secret ingredients don't even closely resemble what the hell lobster thermidor is going to bring me? Right. Okay? I need main lobster. I, I, hard pressed to blame the defensive coordinator for what's happening with the defense. Sorry. Yeah, can't do it right can't now. Can't do it right now. Can't. Can't. Uh, there's new developments in what's happening at Arlington Heights and the site of. No, uh, I forgot passion fruit. Passion. I'm well, gonna give you passion fruit. Pretty good. Too. Yeah. I don't know if you're gonna make me lobster throw Probably not, but it was something nice. That's fine. Uh, so we've got an update on what's happening at Arlington Heights, plus some new renderings that we can uh, share with you. You should get on Twitch. I'll, I'll show you the pictures when we come back. Twitch.tv. Download the Twitch app today and every day. We're live in our old National Bank State Street studios, and you can watch us on Twitch. Brought to you all this week by DraftKings. Uh, we're also going to Vegas in about 20 minutes to talk to Jesse Rogers, and we'll get a baseball update. But more on the Bears' future plans in Arlington coming up in two minutes.